friends, and welcome back to another organic, handcrafted, gluten-free, locally sourced, and keto-friendly episode of the Cigar Social Podcast. My name is still Matt, and the dude across from me is known as the master of correlation, the thought-provoking ninja, and the one who puts the fun in fundamentalist. Ken, what's going on? Matt, thank you for that intro, and if I might say, genius plus outlaw plus gangster equals Matt. Boom. Okay. Well, listen, let's get this shindig started. How's about a little show and tell? Please. Folks, in case you don't know, every episode, we alternate who brings the bottle, who brings the cigars. It is tradition around here to start around, start with the smoke. Um, last episode, Ken brought some Don Rafa's when we had the owner of Don Rafa with us, Rafael Yaka, uh, which, in case you missed it, you can definitely listen to it. Or watch that interview on our YouTube channel. Today, it's my turn to bring the sticks. So I bring to the table a gem. It is the Espinosa Habano Number no. 5. You can find this cigar somewhere between the $7 and $8 range. It's blended by the legendary uh, Eric Espinosa and made at, by the Lazona Cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. Mm. It's a five by, uh, 6 by 52 Toro. Said to be a medium strength, medium to full body. This, uh, this cigar, I think, I believe it, it's been scored at least a 92 every time it's been rated, including being number 11 in the Cigar Aficionado 2019 and was Cigar Dojo, uh, cigar number one of the year in 2012. This smoke uh, is said to have a complex flavor of cocoa, spice, and pepper. Um, Eric Espinoza created this cigar with the blend of Nicaraguan tobacco in the binder and filler, but with an Ecuador Habano wrapper. But the specific information about this blend will not be revealed. Uh, Eric says uh, the kernel will never release, uh, the kernel will never reveal their 11 herbs and spices. Kind of like a, ah, a nod to the KFC sure uh, secret recipe. Sure is. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to start firing this mamma jamma up. Uh, Ken, what about the brown? Well, thank you, Matt. Um, so we, I think on the show, have not done a scotch. Um, so I figure I kind of want to branch out a little bit with that. And you know, I'm also finding out there are so many different types of scotches that are out there as well. I've had my fair share of them, but like I said, we're going to feature one. Probably one that's a little off the beaten path. It actually has... Uh, this particular bottle I've got um, has a, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically kind of a, uh, well, if anybody's a Game of Thrones fan out there, they'll know what I'm talking about. What they did is they did a line of the different houses and the different houses within the show. I'm we're not going to get into that, but those who know the show. Boring. Come on. Uh, know what I'm talking about. And in particular, this bottle that I pulled for us today is called the uh, the Game of Thrones House Targaryen, but it is from Cardua Gold Reserve. Now, I'm probably saying it wrong. Uh, it's C-A-R-D-H-U, and it's a single, single malt scotch whiskey. Now, the background on this one is, as mentioned, it is, first of all, the region, and I'm you know, also learning that the regions are very important when it comes to scotch, and the region for this particular one is Speyside, Scotland. Uh, the disp- distiller, as I mentioned, is Cardhue. Uh, it is a 100% malted barley 
mash bill. Um, it's cast as an ex-bourbon, and it's aged, uh, as it says, at least three-plus years. Uh, alcohol by volume, 40%, so it is an 80 proof. And as I mentioned, it is, well, the Game of Thrones, House Targaryen, House words are fire and blood. Okay? So, with that being said, uh, Matt was gracious enough to already pour us some, so... Here we go. That's a good, that's a good blend. Um, you said single malt? It did say single malt. Now, what I'll do is I'll actually, because I read this over, and I'm going to go ahead and hit you with it, because there actually are some notes for the tasting they have here. And since you just tried it, like I did, and I didn't want to go and do, like, tampering witnessing, like, if I tasted this and, like, hey, did you taste uh, this? Like, oh, yeah, I did. Um, for your makeup, when you went ahead and first eyed it, obviously you see the hue, but the nose, what is the first thing that kind of hits you when you smell it? Let me give you a little sniff again. Wow. Go through the whole thing. Go through the whole thing. Get a... Almost a caramel... Okay. Caramel. Caramel comes to mind as far as the, the nose is concerned. I'm, I, again, folks, far from professionals, uh, just a regular dudes doing this um and i definitely don't have one of those refined palettes to break out the flavor of this and when i get that and whatever it's it's but a, my point of view personal point of view personal opinion by the way matt's a method actor yes yeah no, uh we're wondering so the nose i get caramel okay the the front i get Nutty, almost a, uh, almost I mean, weird to say. I get pistachio. Okay, so with with, with the the nose, when you're saying you said caramel, right? Yeah. Okay, so to match that, it's got that multi sweet, but it's got a, a coca, a coca, and uh, they're saying small bits of bubble gum, spice, and honey. So we got a conglomeration of. I don't co- get the bubble gum. Yeah, it would be. I don't either because I tried it myself. So when I do that, I'm at the nose. I mean. I think it's kind of hard, hard to discern what type of sweet it is, but yeah, clearly there's a sweet tinge to it mm-hmm. for me. And so then after you tasted it, let it swish around on your palate, as I just saw you do. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think with that again? I'm sorry. Smooth finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the front, immediately I get like a nutty pistachio-esque. Uh, the finish goes away quick. It's almost like yeah. that one whiskey we had a couple episodes ago where it just, it, strong yeah. nose. Is that our teeling, I think, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Okay, yeah. Strong yeah. nose, good front, and then boom, it was like, it was gone. I think we're, maybe this is something that's actually consistent with across the pond. I don't know. Mm. You know? Or maybe it's uh, like the, the malted barley could portion be. of it. Okay. That brings us to that. But not to get, you know, the cart before the horse. So on the palate there, it's saying uh, Cheerios, Spice... Dried avocados, banana, honey, and some bubble gum and spirity vanilla. Did they say Cheerios? I, I, like tiptoe Cheerio well, in the morning to you? Isn't there something with that? Like, isn't there a taste that you get with Cheerios that's like malted of some sort? You know, I hate the smell of Cheerios. See, I'm, thinking, I'm wondering if that's what they're... Like, when somebody comes into the room with a bowl of Cheerios and they put milk in it. And right. like, that smell, to me, like, 
awful. I, I, I just can't do it. You know, for me, when that happens, historically in my lifetime, when Cheerios is being eaten, it means that that's it. It's time to go to the grocery store because that's the last cereal left <laughs> on the box. I mean, even cornflakes <laughs> is gone at that point. Yeah, you know, so, I, 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 yeah, that's. I mean, minute you said something, I really immediately associated with that. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so I mean, once again, we're adding into these different, you know, with the nose and the taste, they're obviously closely related. Um, but then the finish, as you said, which I agree with you. There's no, we'll use our term. There's no real burn. No, uh, we have like lower octane, which is not the end of the world, folks. I mean, really, forty percent alcohol is. 40% alcohol, no matter, way, no matter which way you shape it. And it, I'm going to do it myself right now because this would be second run at this. Do it. Make eye contact while you do mm. it. Weirdo. <laughs> One, I couldn't make eye contact. No. No, no I couldn't do it. No. I don't know why. Looked everywhere you, but me. What? Yeah. It's like eating a banana. Why did you? Now all of a sudden I got to do it again because I was worried about the eye contact thing. Yeah, the finish. Uh, there you go. I mean, it is definitely aligned with some of the things we've had. Uh, you know, the I think it's for me. I don't know if everybody else is like this. I don't know if you are. Um, I taste these different, you know, whiskeys or brown liquors that we have, and I can't immediately associate. Specific, these flavors are very specific. I mean, if, as I read them off, to yeah. You, um, clearly, a critic who's got you know a discerning palate is able to go ahead and put that together. But not me at this point. I don't know if I ever will. But I do like it. Uh, if I was somewhere, I Absolutely. would definitely. If somebody served this up to me, and I said, "Yeah, of course," and I would probably have two, three, four, five. Um, maybe I don't. Know, if two, two if I was somewhere, or even at a bar, and said, "Hmm, just give me a scotch." Mm-hmm. And they gave me that in a glass neat. I'm a happy man. I, I got n- no complaints. That is a, a very good. It's got flavor. It's it's not, you know, mm-hmm. in your face at all. But it's also not super mellow enough to be like, hmm, weak. Right. You know, it's at that perfect medium uh, blend. And you know what? As time has gone by, I can definitely, I can definitely discern, and probably you can too, the bourbon from the Irish whiskeys we've been tasting. And now clearly with this this uh, single malt scotch, I can definitely taste the differences with all. So, so if I had, I'll put myself out there. If you put three of these in a glass, one, two, three, in no discernible order, I should be, I think, at this point in time, be able to tell the difference from the, uh, you know, taking the Pepsi taste challenge and seeing how they are. Would you agree? Could you do that? I think you could. I know you could. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that this show between you and me we can try different things and now associate different flavors maybe with different blends or maybe with different uh, uh bills when it comes to percentage of corn percentage of barley you mm-hmm. know this that mm-hmm. and other thing and same thing with cigars too you can you know this is definitely a, a honduran blah 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 and this is a corojo and this is and, yeah, and you can kind of yeah. get into the mode and i think eventually uh, we're going to start dialing in those flavors and and those uh profiles and i i definitely can't wait for a future episode i want to do a blind tasting uh-huh. 
for a blind smoke test where we'll sit there and we won't know what we're having until maybe later on in the episode. I'll have my wife text me and say, hey, sure. by the way, you guys are smoking this. And we'll be like, oh, cool. Oh, we were on the money. Yeah. Or we're way off. <laughs> like, <laughs> either yeah. way, it's going to be great. Exactly. No, I think that is, that would be a lot of fun. Um, and the, you know, the other ideas that come with it with these different cigars that we're having as well. And I'm also finding out when we're trying to pick a different brown liquor for one another, we just got to go ahead and expand our, expand our scope of search because we starting to do a little crossover. What I mean by crossover, uh, I've had something in the past, Matt's had something in the past, and we're trying to keep it more pristine in the sense of now we have to start negotiating. All right, have you had this? No. Okay, fine. I'm going to bring this up. Or because we like to surprise one another, but we can't do that surprise anymore because there's a good chance we might have had it. Yeah, uh, and, and we, we both have a couple of years under our belt, some, some more than others. City miles. Uh, where I'm in my prime. I don't know what you're talking It's going to be kind of hard to pick a bottle off the shelf and say, oh, yeah, I'm sure he hasn't had this or, you know, whatever. And we're going to have some of those episodes where, you know, we're going to repeat something that we've already had. But I think it would be cool to do that later in episodes to say, you know what, now that we've had a, a, a bunch of weird different things, I'm going back to this bottle that I haven't had in a couple months, mm-hmm. and now I'm starting to really break out some of those flavor notes and those profiles, and I can tell you, oh, yeah, by the way, sniff it. You're going to get this. Taste it. You're going to get that. Blah, 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 blah. What I also think, too, when it, when it comes to this podcast in particular, and I hope our followers have experienced this as well, when I actually start going and reading and looking at bottles at places we're going to purchase it, I kind of understand now the language. Understand what, okay, this is what this means, or oh, look at that. Sorry, folks. I just did a smoke ring. Yeah. Um, but yeah. No. The <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Oh, squirrel. Yeah. You are. What is with you today? Did you have coffee? I had a couple cups. See, I didn't. And, you had a couple cups. Yeah, and I also went down to the farmers market, and we have a, a local uh, family that does the uh, chicory coffee and beignets, New Orleans style type of thing. Yum. So I just had a, a good chicory coffee black, and and now we're having, you know, cigars and scotch. So. Yeah. Okay, anyway, well, good. Little right. well, I'm going to tether you back to reality. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. This is the world we're in, friend. Okay? Bring me back. All right. So now we're talking about the cigar. Yes. Please. So um, the, the cigar that that we have, like I mentioned, you're going to get some cocoa, spice, and pepper is what they, that they say. I always seem to get cocoa and pepper mm-hmm. when it comes to a good Nicaraguan uh, Habano wrapper. Uh, the Oliva Serie O that we had, episode one, same same thing. We kind of had that cocoa spicy. It's not as spicy as a, a, a Corojo or a Carrillo, um, but you still get those. And I feel like I'm more dialed into smoke profiles than drink profiles right now. That's yeah. I'm kind of, I would say, a 60-40 at this point when it comes to that. I think I'm the opposite on that, too. Um, great cigar. The, by the way... Uh, it's Espinosa. Uh, Eric does a great job. Eric also does a lot of collaboration with the Cigar Dojo, uh, doing cigars for them. They came out with uh, a, a, a bunch, and most recently uh, released last night was the uh, Ninja Ragua. The Ninja Ragua cigar was released huh. uh, eight nine o'clock Central Standard Time. I got the alert on my dojo. And uh, so you can go there, and if you are on Cigar Dojo, and I don't know if this promo is still going on, but pr- uh, post your proof of purchase, and you'll get a free Ninja Star. 
A real one? Yeah, like a real ninja star. Like the kind I throw in my garage every morning? Yeah. How okay. cool is All that? I think we need to take take a knee here for a minute. Why don't you explain to our listeners what Cigar Dojo is? So, we, you know, Cigar Dojo, in, in case you're not aware, uh, is a cigar community. Uh, the dojo verse. It is a place where folks, brothers and sisters of the leaf, can go. It's a place of harmony. It is. It is a very you 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 can talk about cigars, post about them, get reviews. What are other people digging? What are people not digging? Uh, there's also a bunch of different groups in there, like the dojo humor and, and the the bourbon lovers, where you can you know have different posts of you know comedy sure. posts and stuff like that. But for the most part. And uh, Cigar Dojo does uh, a couple podcasts themselves, but uh, very uh, famous, if you would say, publication when it comes to Cigar Dojo. Uh, like the Cigar Aficionado is good. Um, you also have like Blind Man's Puff and and things of that nature. What I like about Cigar Dojo is that when they do their top twenty five at the end of the year, mm-hmm. they pick cigars of that year. It is not nothing against other publications, but they if they if a cigar came out in July of 2021, that end of that year, that's a, a candidate for review of being a top. You know, so is it? So just I'm following. Is it something that comes in their radar within that year's time that could be subject to selection? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. And if you're you know a cigar smoker, you you may have chances are you either are a part of Cigar Cigar Dojo, seen them at conferences, seen their uh, shows on YouTube, or have have heard their podcast and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a a great place for people to go around and just kind of chitty chat. We are in the Chicagoland area, and one of the groups, it's a private group, but we, uh, the local hometown area, has the Chi-Town crew. And uh, we became members of the Chi-Town crew recently. We got a lot of love and welcoming from those folks, uh, so shout out to them. Uh, we've got uh, some stickers, we've got uh, you know coasters, just a kind of a like a little welcome pack. And uh, in future episodes, we'll probably smoke a couple of the dojo exclusives that I have. So we will uh, be uh, probably talking more about them, maybe having them on the on the podcast in future episodes. Maybe have a, a herf of oh, the- that would be cool. Very Just cool. a, everybody, you know, hanging out, and we'll have people, random, random members, come in and chitty chat. So, chitty chat, chitty chat. Okay. So, Ken, I'm always afraid to ask, and one day I will learn my lesson. But uh, what's on your mind? Oh, what's on my mind? Um, well, gonna shock your mind a little bit here. First, what I'd like to do is what it is on my mind because it is something that's important to me, and I know it's important to you. Um, I'd like to talk about an upcoming event. And an upcoming event in particular is the 11th annual Knicker Open. Um, this is in particular, it's at the Medina Country Club, and it's going to be June 6, 2022, this year. And it's called the Folds of Honor. So let me explain a little bit about that. Uh, first and foremost, you know, why, you know, why the Knicker Open is what it is. But uh, for Payne Stewart. Yeah, Payne Stewart is essentially the inspiration for the Knickers Open. Payne Stewart was 
anybody, most people know, it was a great. He was famous for yeah. wearing that style, the, the knickers, the, the uh-huh. pants with like the socks. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, unfortunately his life was cut short tragically in a plane crash. Uh, you know, but, but those that known him explain him, you know, as gregacious kind. He had a, he had a giving nature and his golf attire, as you just mentioned. Uh, uh, he wore knickers, and not just simple subdued knickers, but the bold colors. He wasn't afraid to have a good time, and it showed in his attire. Uh, so that being said, in this particular outing, those who are going to participate in the event are yeah. required to wear knickers. Uh, That's got to be awesome. It's got to be, right? I mean, when I was looking at that over, I'm like... It's just, I mean, uh, it is one of those things where I, when I used to travel with the, the golf folks, um, when you saw somebody on a golf course with uh-huh. a, a nice... You know, wearing the knickers and wearing like the the hat, like the like the the golfer type of, not the regular like sure. Hat, oh, yeah, like, what is that? That the, the backwards like Samuel L. Jackson hat. I don't even know what the the, the term is. No, but. I know what you're talking. A derby. Uh, derby. Is it a derby hat? Yeah, it's a derby, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But the, it's like that level of style. You can come in wearing like what Tiger's wearing with like a fancy Nike outfit, but when you have a dude like that, yeah, it's an eye catcher. Yeah, you know, uh, and you know. In, the important thing about this particular outing is, and the Knicker uh, Open in, in particular, uh, it is an opportunity to give back for all the fortunate things that we have happened in our lives. And this is no better opportunity for that. So it is a golf event. And what also, too, I found out something interesting, I think. And now I'm like super jealous because they're actually going to have horse soldier whiskey oh how cool yeah um because if you guys haven't noticed i'm building up this you know the fold of the flag it is a benefit for our veterans the folds of honor right correct yeah yeah. yes that 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 foundation is is huge they uh such a great foundation so they are doing so what you know don't take my word for it uh what i'd like you to do is go to the website and i will give you the website there and i'll give you some additional information as well First of all, uh, go to www.nickeropencharities.com, www.nickeropencharities.com as one word, and use the promo code CIGARSOCIAL. Yeah. Right. Surprise attached to that. I can't tell you exactly why or what exactly you're going to get from but it's going to be something good apparently. Um, but with that being said, please do that. Uh, definitely a worthy cause. It is uh, Folds of Honor. I just say Fold the Flag, but Folds the Honor. And it is for our veterans. And you know, I don't know. It speaks for itself, right? Medina Country Club. I want to just go back to, when was that? 2012? Yeah. I was, with the, I was traveling with the, the PGA Tour, and we did the Ryder Cup there. Okay. First of all, beautiful golf course. It's huge. And if you're a member there, you know that. You know, it's it's a golf of it's a golf course. It's a club that you know Oprah and Michael Jack or not Michael uh, Michael Jordan um, are members of. Uh, the clubhouse is massive. If you walk into that clubhouse and just look up, it's like a cathedral. It is just gold and be just stained glass. When like it's beautiful. Um, we did the the Ryder Cup there which was a perfect venue for that just because you need a lot of space for a Ryder Cup. It, I mean, Ryder Cup, if you're a golf fan, know that that's one of the biggest events in, in golf. Really? It's every four years, but every only, only every two years in the U.S., and it's U.S. versus Europe. And, uh, oh, the Ryder Cup, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just a, a beautiful golf course. So if you do get a chance and you do sign up, 
just enjoy being on the grounds. I would. I, it's not. You don't want to compare it to like an Augusta because Augusta is its own animal. But okay. being uh, put that one aside, Medina being probably one of the most beautiful golf courses that I've ever been on, and I've been on most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years with the tour, you kind of you see them all, but that one is just outstanding. Gosh, okay, well, yes, yeah. Please, folks, check out that website. Um, and yeah, it's going to be fun for all, and obviously for a great cause. Um, so that was first what was on my mind. Um, you know, I'm going to give it back to you, and then if there's still something on my mind after that, because that's what I've been thinking about. Well, I'm all day. dude. I'm I'm just excited to watch baseball. Oh, here we go. Okay. Baseball is back, folks. Uh, it's great to see game play after the lockout. A lot of our us baseball fans out there were just a- afraid that we were going to see like we, what we saw in the 90s and, and just stare at an empty stadium for a year. But I'm just honestly uh, happy that they were able to resolve it enough uh, so we can see a full 162-game season. My beloved New York Mets. Are off to a good They're start. They're doing well. I noticed yeah. that. I noticed um, that for sure. Though it's early, they 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 have a history of running out of gas around the, the All Star break. They they've done really well in in the first half of the season for the past you know thirty years. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But my biggest happiness came recently, where uh, we took two out of three games out of, uh, from the Phillies, and I have a lot of. Uh, friends that are Phillies fans and I'm not a big I, I definitely do not like you do know let me make this a strong do not you, like you, you do maybe know borderline hate it's basically it's just basic just right now it's pretty much spring training and cold weather you know that right now basically the what's at stake yeah well I mean we are that the Mets see how I say we it's, it's oh gosh it's fun. oh my gosh I'm one of those fever's worse than I thought yeah 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 it's like oh we are doing great we have uh, yeah well, uh, we have and then when they're not doing great, we cannot be found. They, it's they. We right? will not be in this position probably after the All Star break. But we currently have a six and two record. We are two and a half games up on the Filthy Phillies. There we go. And uh, right now, uh, the, the game's going on, and we're we're going up against the the Diamondbacks, the D-backs, and uh, hopefully we can continue the momentum. As far as the Mets fans out there are concerned, we there is hope. There is hope, folks. Let's hope by the time we podcast again, they're an even five hundred. Because Lord knows if they're anything more than that, I don't know what we're going to be able to do. They were in. They were yeah. seven. Their percentage was seven twelve last time I checked. Oh, yesterday I was talking to a guy. Um, talk talk about the podcast. He's a whiskey fan, and you know we're talking about cigars. Uh, real nice guy, and we're going over a host of different things. And then I found out he was a Dallas Cowboy fan, and then I I got the check and I left. It's a great guy. You should have stuck around. Uh, okay, you know. Yeah. So, what do you think about the cigar so far? Just uh, you know, we're I mean, just burning through the first the first yeah. third here, but and it is once again nice ash, no pun intended. Uh, it is well, once again one velvet, very taste. It's yeah, the the the, the even with the cold draw, uh-huh. I was able to be like, oh wow, but that's I get that with a lot of the Habano wrappers. The it's a, such a distinct flavor profile. Was it, um, did you mention, I probably missed it. What is it? The, is it medium or is it the, yes. okay. So you have a, a medium strength, um, medium to full body. And I think that that's why you get 
a lot of that flavor, right? Because the flavor comes from the body. So you're getting a, a lot of uh, good flavors coming through. The the binder and the, the, the filler are Nicaraguan. So you're getting that bold, okay. bold flavor through the smoke. But then you're getting that flavorful, you know, Eric Espinosa, 11 herbs and spices on, uh-huh. on the wrapper. Okay. You're like, ooh, mm. But. Well, it's, it is a. Very good smoke. Well, it's not so nice, too, when you're actually taking that pull. Uh, flavors there. Uh, I've got to tell you, you said it was medium. It almost tastes light to me. It feels it's very. very Creamy? E- yeah, very. If that, is that the word? I guess it would be, right? I mean, something along those lines. It's I, pretty. I would. I would smoke this with a good coffee. Okay. You know, um, if I, and we don't have any around here, God, I wish we did, but like you find one of those old school Cuban coffee joints where they give you like the straight Cuban style coffee Uh in like almost like a Dixie cup because, you know, it's just like a a shot of like espresso essentially, but something with that full, full bodied flavor, pair it with this, that would be a great start to the day. Yeah. And that's what I like about this because we've gone ahead, as you guys have met, as we've mentioned, we've tried to go ahead and just do our pairing and without preconceived notions. And I'm starting to see a good pattern since we've been doing these podcasts of good cigars, good brown liquor. I mean, now we've gone to, though we only have one scotch, but uh, now we're starting to get into that realm, spreading it out a little bit with those type of spirits. And I always say that there's room at the top again because we're, I'm excited for the mere fact we're coming across a lot of great things and the variety is there. That is something that I didn't envision uh, when we started doing this. I, but it keeps, it, it keeps coming back at all. Yep. It's something that resonates with me when we do this. Absolutely. Mm. Hey, you know what? Uh, another thing that's on my mind. Go ahead. It's like more of a question. Okay. Something that's been bothering me. Oh, no. Yeah. Should we top off? It's <laughs> soon. Okay. Real soon. <laughs> Maybe midway through this, but okay. I have, uh, so it's a, a, like a conversational pet peeve hmm. when you're talking to somebody and they have like something that they say that really makes you tick. Like, and for example, when people say like a lot, okay. we're all guilty of it, but there's some folks who take it to a different level, like almost every other word. Right. Oh Yeah. Like, um, exactly. I have recently had conversations with somebody who they'll use the word right and like almost ending regular sentences in a question that doesn't even warrant a question, but they want that conversational confirmation to know that you have received what they had just said. Or some, some folks would even say, you know. Should I feel personally attacked right now? No, no, you're not guilty of it. At least, maybe, I, mean, I think we are all somewhat guilty of it at some point. Okay. But I'm referring to folks who say that a lot. Like, every sentence, hey, did sure. you go check out that sushi place, right? Yeah. It's down the street, you know? Did you get the the California roll, right? It's, it's, it's good, right? It's, so, uh, what I usually do is get uh, sake. You know, uh-huh. like things like that. After a while, some folks do it and it's mild enough where it's not noticeable. And then there's some folks who do it often and you're, you, come you, on, When man. you put that out there like that, do you think it's them vindicating themselves? Like, hey, I, I threw something out there. This is what I really feel. Um, now I'm going to throw it at you 
hey, what do you think? You know, essentially quietly saying, am I right? Am I? And in some context, like, yes. Okay. It is definitely something that we all do. But on a regular... So you're saying, so this is a, a common, yeah, this is common dialogue for these type of people. Is what you're right. Saying. Okay. Right. So, right. Okay, right. Correct. I say, you know? I say correct. Yeah. You know, because I got a correct. habit of, uh, correct. don't turn right. And there's different variations yeah. of this conversational confirmation. Well, I'll agree with you. And I'll tell you what, what I, I agree with you too, that the, the like thing, it, for me, I've noticed it and I seem to notice it more in our younger population, no indictment on them. Uh, when I just said a little bit before the um, I think that is one of those uh, psychological pauses yes. where I'm trying to impart a thought to you and I have a variety of things to say and I'll say um, and then the like word I think has replaced the um in the sense of like, you know, you know, like what I'm saying, you know, or it, those kind of things. You see it kind of fits in those little, those little basically stop points so I can go readjust and get my thought going. And again, it. Everyone, I feel, is guilty of the like, the ums, the right, the you knows. Yeah, just listen to our podcast. You're going to hear them at length. Right? Like, you guys talk about your podcast way too much. But it's, yeah, when when it comes to folks who overuse those terms to the point where it's noticeable, some folks, you don't even notice it. And you're just like, you know. Sure. You know? Um, (laughs) Correct. Right. Am I correct? Um, The... The other day, this word popped up, and I know everybody that heard this word is going to be like, oh, yeah. It's the word irregardless. That's ins- so funny. That incenses me. Oh, go on. Because, okay, just, you know, I'm not reading off what re- the word regardless means. But if I say regardless, the assumption is, hey, oh, hey, Matt, um, I got this going on. I'm running late. Regardless, I'm going to be there on time. If I use the word irregardless, didn't I just cancel out the regardless part? Irregardless, and where are we at? I have, we, we have uh, somebody that we know, and uh, not me. I'm not going to call him out, but that word is, is used like that, and yeah, it's, it's a question. It, it is definitely. I see what something. it's doing. I'm looking at your mannerisms, and you're looking off, and you're like, it is. It's jumbling you because I'm there's so much not to say to, about it. To to get over uh, excited about this because it's funny. It's it's almost close to home where I have somebody who who says that, and we get especially after a night of drinking and we're out there having cigars or whatever. And I'm like, come on, like that's not really a word, is it? Like like you you just canceled out what you were like. It's it's a double negative, is it? Yeah, well, I mean, does it bring you back to the original status? It's a cancel. I mean. If I say regardless, that means to me, no matter what, everything I just told you about, regardless of all those things I just said, this is going to happen, or this is going, to, or this was an outcome. If I put the irregardless in there, I'm googling it. Go ahead. It would, it would say to me that I just canceled out the, the term regardless. It's so a, irregardless is a word sometimes used in place of regardless. Uh huh. Uh, which has caused controversy since the early 20th century. Huh. Through the word appeared, uh, it, it first appeared in print as early as 1795. Probably in a pub is where it started. 
But what does it say? Does it explain that uh, just a fun word that we throw out there we just deal with? Or do we got some, like, light? I just said light. See, yeah, not, again, we're all guilty of it. Is it correct to say irregardless? Yes. It is. We define irregardless as regardless. Okay. Many people find irregardless to be a nonsensical word. Thank you. As the ear prefer, uh, pre- uh, prefix usually functions to indicate, uh, you know, negation. Okay. However, in this case, it appears to function as a intensifier. What? How's that possible? Google. Yep. You know what? I'm gonna just, I'm gonna learn another language. It's easier. <laughs> yeah, the English language yeah. is way. <laughs> I had a conversation this morning with my wife. We were. Something on TV had a uh, a moose, and there was more than one moose. And I'm like, so are they meese? Like, goose is geese. Sure. Moose is not, it's mooses. It is mooses. Not yeah. meese. No, of course not meese. I thought you were Why joking. Why not? Because that is, sounds too much like So mice. then we should, we should say gooses. <laughs> See, this is what the- does your goggles say about that? Right. <laughs> Another one that kind of grinds my gears, and again, I'm, I'm guilty of it from time to time. It's not sure. a, a verbal uh, issue. It's mostly found in emails. When someone writes, uh, as per my previous email, okay. I feel like you should just be honest and type what you mean. Like, hey, clown shoe, you obviously didn't read my last email. Did you ignore it? Or are you two just dumb to read? Okay. You know, it's it's a jerk move in general, but again, I'm guilty of it from time to time, but it is one of those things where it's like, when, yeah. especially in a p- professional point. Yeah, and like, then like two hours later, you get a text message. Hey, dude, you sent me an email. I've been in the emergency room the whole time. What's up? Well, as my previous email stated, <laughs> if you would have read it or or you just you can't read it. I, See, and there's the problem with this technology, even bangle yeah. technology. We assume that we... Put it in this technological means, which is technically just one-way conversation if they don't respond, and then assume that they should be responding to you as if it's face-to-face. And I think that is the, the crime yep. in that. Because what do we do? We assign personal feelings to it. Because if you sent that back to him, you're obviously not happy. And right. you took it personally. Yeah, and I think that also falls through text messages and stuff oh, like that. Oh, God. Text to- messages is a disaster for the yep. language. It really is. And I'm, the, I'm that one person who capitalizes and puts periods after that. And then, then I started this little crazy thing of putting, like, just commas, a bunch of them afterwards. And I don't know why I'm doing it. I've noticed it. that. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. The new nervous tick of mine. It's like, did he, did he miss the, the period and just hit no, I think what I do comma three times? Mentally, he's like, get ready. Get ready. The next thing's about to be said. Legend. Here we go. for it. Yeah, here we go. Here we Dairy. go. Legendary. Here we go. And comma, comma, comma. Chameleon? No. And uh, <laughs> here it comes. <laughs> You beat me to that. Yeah, I did. So, but I don't know. I think other people do that too. I just, I don't know. My word. Yeah, I, I'm very weird with that. I do the same thing. I make sure my commas are right. My, yeah. my, even when I'm writing my own notes that I'm going to read, no one else is going to read. I also make sure that things are capitalized the way they should yeah. be. Quotes there, even though like I'm not saying like quote and uh-huh. like and right, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're the kind of guy that if you were like doing that, you wish you could do this. And a motion with the two fingers. Yeah. Uh, quote, quote. A- air rabbits. Yeah. Quote, quote. You know, which doesn't mean really a quote. It's just basically, yeah. hey, 
this is what they're saying, but this is what they're really saying, you know. Yep. All right, let's move on from that. I'm boring myself with that. Um, wow. Let's talk about some uh, burn problems. Burn problems? Burn problems with your cigar. Ooh, go on. You want that? Okay. So, I'm on you folks, uh, yes, you folks definitely deserve more than us, you know, just talking about air quotes. We're going to try our best to go ahead and try and help ourselves and the masses out there with different things about cigars, brown liquor, and burn problems. What I mean by that is the different things that you see or notice uh, on your cigar as you have it lit. It sits there, and you're like, why is this cigar doing this? What is that even called? How do I remedy that? Make sense? Yeah. So one we have talked about quite a bit, and I think a lot of people know this, but maybe we should expound a little more, is the term canoeing. Mm. You know, uh, it's probably the most common burn issue. Uh, it's immediately noticed when the brown edge or the burnt edge rather has a free course and burns one side of the cigar. It seems like the cigar was divided into two parts and only one side is burning. Is that a good way to describe it? Yep. Yep. Okay. And, and fun thing about canoe, not to cut you off, but no, go ahead. I have a, a friend who, uh, indulges in, uh, recreational marijuana. Okay. And she has used that term for when she smokes joints and blunts. You're kidding me. You know what I thought you were going to say? This is where my head's at today. You've got a friend who builds canoes and they look like cigars. I, maybe I should just let you talk. Today. <laughs> I mean, you know, knee-jerk reaction. I'm like, wow. I need, I need to top off soon. Wait, wait, that's the problem. With, with, with all of this going, yeah. And folks, just to let it be known, we have not been drinking before this episode. No, just a lot of coffee. Well, yeah. 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 Get you first. Ooh. All right, we're at that point where we top off our drink. We yeah. Go our... That good? That's good. And uh, let me go ahead and join you here. Uh, okay, let me add a little more. Uh, a skosh. There you go. And here. So that's a pretty good description of canoeing. Yes, yeah. Um, so as we delve more into this... Um, you have, in this case, uh, undertake some additional measures of what's asked is decelerating the smoking tempo. We're talking speed. I'm Slow it down a little Slow bit. Slow it down. Yeah. Uh, be very careful to take more infrequent and gentle puffs. Now, this will lead to cooling the superheated cigar side, which in turn will level the burn along the edge of the stogie. Uh, in case you still have this problem, you can... Uh, if you want to, I guess, put your stick apart, pull it apart, and let it cool. Um, as this happens, take the cigar cutter to clip at the end. This will be able to start your smoking again, and after that, draw through the cigar. Eliminate all those chemicals that might occur there because of the combustion. And then finally, light it once again to enjoy your smoke. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, what about the term tunneling? So tunneling is different. It's, it's almost, well, and I'm sure you're... Coning is one of your terms, but yeah, tunneling is the opposite nice. of coning. Okay, there we go. <clears throat> yeah, where you'll have wrapper sticking around, but you're, you're almost burning the filler and binder, but the wrapper is not burning. Yeah, exactly. When you're talking about when the binder leaf combusts more slower than the filler. Mm -hmm. Thus, the cone of the cigar is a lot hotter than its surface. And then you get this tunneling effect. So, uh, you know, such kind of an issue is usually for those who smoke cigars at a slow rate. While the cigar is in the ash pot for a long time, let's say, or it's 
not puffed as often as necessary. The ash pot? The ash pot. Mm. Uh, and the flaming end, uh, kind of like sl- uh, slacks little by little. So since the inter- external side of the stogie dies out in the, in the first place, the filling continues to smolder. And that makes sense because then uh, as you make these seldom draws at this, it's just sitting there kind of smoldering, I guess, would be probably the <clears throat> term there. Mm-hmm. The wrapper of the cigar remains cold until the filling is kindling. So. So, so. Yeah. <clears throat> right. So, and these are all good because it all depends on the construction on the cigar if you're going to come across some of these issues. But, like Ken mentioned, it, it also relies on your smoking technique, the frequent puffs. If you're pulling hard on it, if, uh, if you didn't light it properly to begin with, they, mm-hmm. All of those play a factor in the evenness of the of the cigar, yeah, and its burn. So, when you were talking about, I said the canoeing, and it only makes sense, like you said, the coning. So I'm assuming with the coning, we have an opposite effect of what creates the tunneling. Is that correct? Yeah. So that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that is when your wrapper. And even sometimes your binder is combusting and burning more than your, your filler is, and so you can mm-hmm. look at you can ash your cigar and look at it, and it looks like a cone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in fact, I mean, I think that's how it's stated. It's even opposite of, as you said, the opposite of tunneling. Um, that's when you smoke it too fast, mm. and since the draws are produced too quickly, the thick filler leaves start to. The warming have not enough time to cool down as it should be. Uh, the filler uh, fires the binder and the wrapper, making them burning out much faster. Because of this, it sticks out at the, the foot away from the wrapper and the binder. Uh, the thick and resinous sort of tobacco, which fills the, the cigar with, will aggravate the issue since it does not burn as easily as other tobacco leaves. Yeah. Mm. And that can happen sometimes when you have a cigar that has uh, a double binder. Um, okay. Sometimes uh, you'll get a little bit of a tunneling. Sure. I've never had a cigar that has uh, like that. I've I've, I've witnessed t- uh, coning. Yeah, the coning. Witnessed, the coning I've, to me looks like like a crayon. But but it, I've never had something concerning enough to try to correct in my experience of smoking that cigar. I'm like, oh, okay, it's, it's starting to cone a little. But so you got to ash out, and just could, soldier through could, it, or maybe relight it. Yeah, or even just set it down for a minute mm-hmm. and let the let the filler catch up. To the the binder and the wrapper, as far as burn is concerned, just put it down for a minute. Um, but and yeah, it, and that's the remedy. It's you know you're supposed to put it down and let it cool down yeah, for a while. Like I know uh, about you sometimes. do because since the filler leave leaf gets cold, you can continue enjoying the cigar, but be careful to smoke it a little slower mm. uh, in order to keep the filler a bit cool and let it reach the wrapper and the binder's burning levels. So you know we got a lesson here in cigar etiquette and. It's very interesting because not only taking the puffs on the cigar, clearly giving it its time to sit down, relax, and well, let the cigar do what it's supposed to do. For that's the, the whole nature event. of cigar smoking. And that's the one thing that it separates the cigar smoking from anything else, really, is it's, it's, the cigars are meant to enjoy, to sit, relax. You can have a, a yard gar and, and smoke a cigar while you're mowing a lawn or something like that, but it is meant to, for the most part, just sit, enjoy the time, enjoy the conversation, you know, or even smoke a cigar by yourself and enjoy the weather. 
stare at the sky for a little bit. Let's put on your favorite song and just relax. And I do have that Barry Manilow you've been asking about. So yeah, I did you bring do. it. I did bring it. Barry's um, awesome. Of course, of course. All right. Why don't we finish up with one more of these experiences that novice smokers like ourselves might come across? Well, at least me. Um, there is a serious issue that could come across a cigar. You know that? Go on. Uh, it can damage a gar- uh, cigar in a manage a few minutes, and it's called a runner. Ever mm. hear of that? Uh, this problem happens to your stogie. It's burn line alters strikingly. It seems to climb down one side of the cigar. I personally have never experienced anything like that. Uh, it occurs because of the rough vein in the outer leaf. You know, that's... I was just thinking... So that. if you come across... If that happens to be in this, you know, the uh, construction of the cigar, I'm supposing, as it starts to burn, this vein functions like a wick and burns down through the length of the stogie, ruining the wrapper. So now here we have an envision. So we have this um, situation where you have a vein, and it's just falling. The heat is just falling down like, like a conduit Yep, kind of deal. Um, so it'll ruin the wrapper, and sometimes people determine a tunnel they think it's a tunnel, and they'll offset center as a runner. In such situation, a tunnel starts developing near the wrapper. Uh, once it goes down, and the heat intensifies, there appear to be uh, an open an opening near to the burn contour. And again, if you find yourself in such a situation when a tunneling is the reason for the runner, cut the foot of the stogie and resume smoking. Attempt to moisten the vein with a small quantity of spittle. Yes, moisture from your mouth. If this is the reason for the trouble, in case that does not help, look if the vein is getting smaller or stopping. If it proves to be the case, continue smoking, hoping the problem will end off before damaging too much your cigar. But don't panic. As you said, enjoy it. Don't panic. Yeah. If you notice the big streak of the stogie, that does not mean you will face a runner. But Not the... having any of those issues with this stogie. Not at all. And, but uh, not at all. those are definitely good tell points for when somebody is having an issue whether it be a tunnel canoe cone or even a, a runner you know how to correct it uh again don't don't panic uh you can sometimes it'll correct itself yeah. sometimes sometimes you need to maybe touch it up mm-hmm. or uh you know that's the the term that i'll use is if i start to see a, a canoe i'll take the lighter I'll just I won't smoke it while I do it, but I'll just torch the the the, the tunnel portion that's sticking outward just to kind of get that side of the cigar wrapper to catch up with the rest. But yeah, it's and it all comes back to like you're saying that harmony. Enjoy it, and I think that these problems are suggesting that you need to do an take an active position of balancing your cigar experience. Is that? Does that suffice to say? Well done. Thank I like you. that. That's good. Well, I'm going to give a teaser. I think next time we talk, why don't we talk about this little-known, dangerous, uh, I guess it's dangerous, scary, mm. ad- adversary to the cigar. Yeah. I'm just going to tease you with it. It's called a cigar beetle. A cigar beetle? They exist. And uh, I'm going to try the Latin right here. I believe this is the... Genius, genus and species name, Lasoderma semicome. Mm. Come, corne. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. Sounds it's fancy. A te- it's a teaser. We won't talk about that now. These yeah. we're, you guys are already drinking from a fire hose with all this information we hit you with. So, you know, let's pump the brakes. Let's downshift. I'll take another little sip. 
good pairing. Great pairing, actually. Mm. Mm. It's yeah, another one. I I think I enjoy these podcasts so much because of obviously what we're doing and we seem to have consistent good experiences here with the pairing. Yeah. Well, I have a, a well, here's the thing. I'll, and I'll okay. let you decide. I'll give you a dude donor myth. Okay. Or I'll give you eight common terms in the cigar industry. Let's go with the the do don't or myth. Let's go with that. Okay. That sounds and pick a do don't or myth. A do. A do. I'm supposed to pick it, or you're going to give it? No, to no, me? I'm going to give it to you. Please. And I think this this will fall in line with what you kind of said as far as taking it slow and relaxing, enjoying the cigar, and so do ash your cigar gently. Don't whack it on against the ashtray. Or don't aggressively like knock it, like flick it. Um, That's a safe rule for a lot of things. Yeah, don't flick it. Don't flick it. It'll hurt. Or knock or, it. Or knock it. Uh, when you. That's an easy to remember one. Hit your cigar on the edge of the, the ashtray. It, it. It, it can crack the, the wrapper. Uh-huh. And when you crack the wrapper, then you'll get, you know, a runner or, you know, you can start getting some burn problems. Ensuing problems. Um, gently twist your ash off. The edge of the, the the ashtray or the dish or wherever or the the, the ash pot as you said ash pot yep <laughs> you like that um, some folks like a a nice long ash but uh, don't push your luck I've anybody who goes for a long ash definitely gets it in their lap well and that's funny because I mean now and I'm not gonna say this I should just say people of competitive nature. If they're like seeking the long ash, are they are they kind of taken away from the experience, or is that part of the experience for them? I think it's a it's a fun part of the experience, especially when you're you know burning one with uh, friends, or you know you're you're herfing with uh, a group of uh, cigar smokers, and you look over at your buddy, and and he's got half his cigar smoked, and it's nothing but ash. You're like, yeah, I mean, from a lot of things cool. are from it's, the it's, eye test, it's right? A, it's a bar trick, right? It's a it's it's something that I've I've been able to. Uh, on occasion, had it ashed down to the label. What? And depending on what cigar you're smoking, right? If you got a long Church Hill or a monster, you know, cigar, obviously harder. But yeah. take as your basic, and I find this a, a perfect medium is your Toro size, your six. Okay, sure. Uh, you get that ash nice and long. You're you're sitting there and you're trying to keep it steady at that point, especially if you've been drinking. You got a little bit of a shaky hand, or you're not your eye hand coordination is not right. Sure, you're catching that ash in your lap. Um, yeah, but yeah. So when you when you ash, just you know, be gentle with it. And, and you've seen me do it a couple times. You just kind of roll it on the edge of the ashtray, and it'll it'll plop off. If, if it's not ready, if it's not going to ash, it won't ash. It, hmm. That's it. You know, which brings you to a quick side point. Uh, I know a lot of my friends and some of the people I know, they basically, uh, let's get a cigar in while we can. They'll find a window of opportunity to do it. And, you know, I've got, and we all know how cigars are, you know. Yep. Um, It gives me angst. I'm like, I don't know. It it gives me to the point where I don't want to fit it into a window. Because I also find myself smoking it too fast and causing those problems. When you're you're under the gun, you're say you're under a time crunch either short a smoke a shorty yeah you know a corona or a, a robusto or something along those lines 
five or less, I think, is good for a time crunch. Yeah. But if you're smoking anything bigger than that, like a Toro or a Churchill or anything like that, even a Lancero, even though it's a smaller ring gauge, mm-hmm. you're going to have a, a, at least set aside at least an hour. Yeah, and that's it, and yeah, and and, I, and in my opinion, don't think of that hour. Um, I think for me and my experience with cigars, so I think maybe I've limited my intake with cigars because I'm looking for that moment. So I choose the moment to have a cigar because I want it to, I want to enjoy it. Uh, and that's you know nothing wrong with others. Like, hey, I like my cigars. If I can get them in, I can get them in, and I'm a busy person or whatever it may be. And this goes for both men and women across the board. Um, guys and dolls. Guys and dolls. No, no, guys and gals. Okay. Already. <laughs> Joe and Joanne. Joe and Joannes. You see, we're, we're, we, in, we enjoy everybody's company. You know, that's we're trying to impart here. All right, very good. What else you got there? Well, you took away my eight terms that I wanted. That'll be next episode. Uh, actually, speaking of next episode. Go ahead. Uh, everybody who's listening are in for a good treat. Uh, next episode, we will be uh, joined by Eric Bay. Wow. In case you don't know, Eric Bay uh, is the owner of Black Star Line Cigars, a Chicago-based company. He will be joining us here in the Smoke Shed Studios. Can't wait to burn one with him uh, and talk about his company. Awesome. Uh, his his uh, operation. Uh, Phenomenal cigars, from what I hear. I haven't tried one yet. Um, Neither have I. That'd be cool. That'd be a nice one to go ahead. And they have the the Warwitch. He's got a Warwitch, which is one of his uh, full bodied, full strength, great cigars. He just came out with the Dark Warwitch, which is a Maduro style uh, of his original Warwitch. So I'm gonna get ready for a full bodied, full strength. Oh yeah. Okay. So buckle up. Buckle up. Okay. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, from what I gather. Uh, He's his cigars are are can be found at you know stores and lounges all over, and uh, even our local liquor store here. Not local; it's more of a big box store. But Benny's um, here in the Midwest, you can find them. Um, his cigars are made in uh, well, they are originally made in the uh, Titan de Bronze, uh, small Miami place, and and then he partnered up with Placencia. Not Placencia. I'm sorry, that was wrong. Agonorsa leaf, and so uh, his, his cigars are constructed well, and I, I can't wait. Oh, neither can I. That's yeah. a surprise. So, um, so with stay that, tuned for that. So he's coming along, and obviously we're literally we got our cigar ready. And next week is your turn to bring the liquor to be determined. I'm assuming. I do. I have an idea in my head. I have two ideas in my head. Don't tell us. No, I will not. Okay. You, you need to listen to our next episode to find out. Yeah, but obviously there's going to be a lot of, next couple of weeks, we're going to be a lot of talk and debate, I'm sure. That's is so cool. That's exactly what I like, you know, that kind of thing, that different influence. I, I, I was so shocked to to get a response from him, and he was so far totally awesome, cool. Uh, because he's like a celebrity. He, yeah, well, I mean. Well, he, he is a celebrity. He is. Yeah, okay. He's, he's, you know, just can't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to this Espinosa Habano Toro, what do you think? And would you smoke it again? Absolutely one. Two, like I mentioned before, and it still holds true. When you said it was a medium, mm-hmm. I, th- I thought it was a lighter type of medium, which is, or light, uh, lighter. 
than a medium. Um, continue to smoke it. It uh, a little touch up, but once again, I'm learning this because I probably not lighting it right. Um, but it is a nice, steady burn. Uh, nice, easy flow when you not a one in. And... One thing I've noticed is a not a a, a dark smoke ring which is the the black between the yeah. the between the ash and the wrapper as it burns. It's not like thick and and super dark, but that doesn't mean a bad cigar. No. It it's just there's not a lot of oils in okay. the wrapper. That's right. what that means. And it's, you know, once again as we're doing it cuz a lot of people who do smoke, they're not going to go ahead and look at them like we do. They just want the enjoyment factor. And I think if they can get the cigar and they're in that right environment where they can sit there and enjoy it, uh it's going to you know, reap benefits 100%. Uh, let me ask you about the, uh, the scotch. What do you think? Uh, great scotch. Yeah. This is the, the, just a, a, good, a good bottle. Uh, if you were to pick this up, and it's got a sweet logo on it. What is that, like a three-headed dragon or well, some you sort? Well, I know you, you know, I got this. Yeah, go you ahead. don't know anything about the... Nerd. No, the uh, Game of Thrones. I'm more of a House Stark for those people listening, you know what I mean. Um, I don't. And that's why I said it. Uh, but uh, obviously it is a special edition with the, the promo on it for the, for the movie show, rather. Uh, but more importantly, this would, I'd say, catapult me to start looking at different things they have with this particular distiller. Yeah. That's where I would go with this. And I would. And I would start, it, then it would open the door for me to see what else they have. Um, uh, in their collection, the uh, you know I'm starting to learn too, and we're talking about s- scotches that you know the region is very important to how they're going to you know procure that product you know on the spee side. Uh, you know, are they near the surf? All those other things we I think we mentioned earlier episodes, but now I'm starting to realize it. And as far as the different tastes that they were, they they assigned the different uh, names for the flavors and all that. Though I'm not at that point, I don't know if I ever will be to d- distinctly know. A vanilla versus, you know, I know they used that term, what said bubble gum in this case or something like that. But that was a weird profile that I probably wouldn't put in a. I mean, again, not I don't have a defined I, yeah, I palette, mean, but that is something I far from what I'm experiencing. It, it's not what I not what I expected to. But if it if it tastes that way to you, I mean, right? You know, if that's something that if there's you know components in here that remind you of that or that's what it tastes like you can't i can't take that away yeah and and the flavors and what's best and the is it the best thing on the market how to rank it all personal preference it's all opinion based it is all you look at the cigar world for example and you have publications like cigar aficionado and cigar dojo and Blind Man's Puff and all these, none of their top twenty. They might have some that are close to being, you know, ranked similar, but for them, you'll never find an identical. Oh my God, this is the best cigar ever, right? You know what I mean? Or this yeah. is the best cigar of this year because I, I can't think of one time since I've been paying attention that you know all of them aligned. Yeah, and I and I think that's a good point you bring up because I don't think they'll ever be. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. We'll never know. We're going to find a cigar that is of that caliber, and it basically leaves everything else in the wake. 
whether it's the, the liquor, the brown liquor or a cigar, I don't think that it'll ever happen. Right. Um, I mean, one of my good friends had told me that, you know, what's the diminished returns on something? You know, what, it, what it, you know, when you have a bottle that's a $1,000 bottle versus, let's say, a $100 bottle, yeah. what are the diminished returns on something like that? Um, I will tell you that in that range, I have tasted, you know, some higher end ones and I know why they're higher end. Mm-hmm. Now, if I wanted to go ahead and, and dissect it, like we do here, you know, you'd have a better understanding of it. And it would be just basically me putting it to words the best that I could, you know, yeah. from what I feel and understand and maybe compare it to what I've had before that wasn't bad. I'm a regular but, Joe and Joanne. For regular Joe and Joanne is what we're predicated upon. Yeah. And uh, I, I completely agree. It is something that you can, you can have 10 people in a room uh-huh. and give them 10 different cigars and they're all going to have, you know, an opinion of some sort. Oh, this is better. No, this is better. And and then sure. you switch it up and do it again. And you're like, oh, well, this, it, it is not, do I agree that the top 25s and for the most part are, even when it comes to, to liquor, yes, there are times where that is definitely a, a right 2020, you know, top 25. Folks, we have another uh, landmark uh, point in our podcast. We have not had two, but we've had three now top offs. Is that a first time? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So life is measured in experiences. With this cigar, how would you rate it? I heard him. I'm just thinking about it. This is where you go the um, um, like, um, like, um, right? I'm taking another drag because I have to be very careful on this because I've been really paying attention. You know? Yeah. I think because of the taste, the fact already off the bat, I thought it was a lighter one than it really is, which tells me, wow, that is a higher quality. Did you judge this cigar by its by its wrapper? No. Okay. Not at all. Okay. We already know that we shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> I will not step on that landmine. Uh, however, I would have to say at this point in time, probably the highest rating I've had, I'm going to go with an 8.7. Whoa. Eight point seven. I'm not far behind you. I would say eight point two. Mm. That's the rating that I would give it, folks. It's it's it's, it's intense. A, it's it's a intense. good cigar, <laughs> solid, and for and the price point. Yeah, you can pick one of these up for you know between seven and eight bucks, depending on who you're buying it from. Sure, but for an end under ten dollars stick. Yes, you're you're getting probably one of the. Uh, a phenomenal product from from Espinosa, and to that, I would say with the liquor, uh-huh. I'm going to match that and say the same thing. Eight point two. Wow. To add to this, as far as the cigar goes, mm-hmm. before I get my uh, determination on the liquor, um, would makes if somebody handed me one of this and they get handed out a bunch of these. I would start to believe that the person that did that has some knowledge. Yeah. Kind of knows what they're doing. So now that's also expanded to me. Like, you know, obviously we internalize things. We start looking out of the people that, you know, are a sphere of influence, people we come across. If somebody handed me one of these, hey, try it out. I've had that. Um, that, would, that would tell me that, okay, this person, it's not random chance, I would believe. And the, Especially the, if they tried them themselves. The presentation on a cigar, Espinosa did a good job. Their label is... Or just a, a classic label band 
mm-hmm. with the Espinosa logo, and they they have that little satin foot on it to, to kind of sure spice it up a bit. But uh, it's just a, a good product, and and I would probably go ahead and say same thing when I've had Alec Bradley's. I've had their five dollar cigars, and I've had their fifteen dollar cigars. Got it's, it. You you probably most likely will never come across a bad cigar from from Espinosa. I got it. Uh, and back to your question, how I rate this particular uh, single malt Scotch whiskey. What's that company's name again? The company is I don't want to say it, Card Hue. Card Hue. Yeah. C R D H U. Gold Reserve. Gold Reserve. Um, you know the term "very good" is a qualitative statement. I want to quantify it. Um, I would have to say that this is a very close to what you're saying. Uh, I might give it a little higher mark because I like the way that the finish was. Mm. I'm in the eight point four. Okay. I mean, point four. It's not an exact match for me. Uh, uh, for me, it's all in the tenths. So the tenths are the ones where we actually measure things. Obviously, getting into the eights means, boy, you're you're in rarefied air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we're talking about how do we discern between these many eights that are sitting out there? And I think that's where we're at with this. Once again, I would drink this again if I saw this somewhere, and or other choices or whatever. I, I would go to this, but it has opened up my eyes to check out this distiller and see what else they have. And I'm gonna be blunt here. I'm not a huge Scotch fan, but this is a good one. Yeah, it is good. This there, is a good one. Let's yeah, let's not take that away. Yeah. I mean, let's not you know diminish that rather. But let's I take mean, that I, away from that. I I've said this to uh, somebody recently. I, I'm a fan of all brown liquor, the, the the bourbons, the whiskeys, the scotches, everything. But when it comes to the Scotch, I, I maybe I haven't had a lot of experience with scotch sure but just from drinkability and trying it right now yeah i'm i would if i saw this bottle at our local place uh, or or even you know if our buddy joe gets it down at uh, craft and smoke and okay i i would probably pick it up and say hey man like keep this on stock because i'm gonna come back and probably pick up another one are we developing that uh essentially that um what's the word i'm looking for the belief in our listeners that, hey, these guys will drink or smoke anything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you know, yeah. It, it makes you think, but maybe, I, maybe next time we do something that we definitely shouldn't smoke or definitely shouldn't drink, like, uh, you know, uh, yeah. a, 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 a Malort. You want to do a Malort? Oh, my God. I mean, I think you know what you're going to get <laughs> with that. As far as weird gets, because that's what we are at times. Um, I can drink Malort. I can do it. I uh, I I won't go out and go after it. Um, from my understanding, Malort is a 1934 Swedish liqueur. I think the way that uh, you introduced me to it is the best way. Is when you have somebody from outside of the Chicagoland area who is transplanted in, and you the rite of passage, it the literally with unique, bus ticket in hand. Yes, is to hold on. Before you call yourself a local, before you move here, take a shot of Malort with me, and you do it. You do it with them as just rite of passage. But you will taste that dumpster fire in your mouth for three days afterwards. It's very hard. I think probably one of the hardest things to describe at the taste level. I would say, um, for me, it is more like a. Uh, 
a tire fire. Tire fire, yeah. And covered in burnt orange peels. Mm. Did you know they came out with a bourbon recently? No. Oh, God. Future episode, light bulb. I dare you. I dare you. So did we do that with the special guest? No, I, I, no, because (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't even know if we do that with people watching. You know, that's something you do like in a quiet time. Here's Uh, the thing, though. We don't know. We don't know. Their bourbon might be outstanding. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. We still try to keep that walk it down the middle path because what may not taste good to me or you may be somebody's, you know, ambrosia, food of the gods. Who knows? Mm. But uh, normally, my lord, we seem to get the same response Mm. from everybody who... I have not seen somebody sip it and go... Oh, hand hand up right here. Can I have another one? I've actually gone to that point because I, I don't know what it is. But you, I've actually sipped it. I've sat there and sipped a, God bless you, almost a two finger pour. Stomach made out of iron. Uh, it 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 really humbles you. Let's go with that. It humbles you, and then you ask yourself, why am I putting this? Never mind. You know, just keep drinking. Were you gonna say why am I putting this in my mouth? Why am I? No, I was gonna say why oh. am I doing this to myself? But <laughs> why did you make eye contact with you when you said that? Okay, <laughs> I'll get that. All well, right. as we take the band off and burn through the last third, it tells me that this episode is down to a nub. We thank you for spending some time with us. Hope you enjoyed us. Again, if you're new, thanks for listening. Special thanks and hello to our friends at Cigar Dojo, uh, especially our local friends down at the, uh, the Chi-Town crew uh, here at the Cigar Social Podcast. Uh, we thank you with the, the warm welcome and appreciate the support. Remember, hit that subscribe button. Uh, just so you don't miss any future episodes. And uh, until the next time we put smoke in the air, um, I just, we'll see you next time uh, here at the Cigar Social. And folks, dare I say, it's it's kind of been a special uh, episode. We've been able to go just kind of free base, free free form rather. Um, In the immortal words of Carl the Gardener from Caddyshack, there's any time you want to hang out and rap, or get weird with somebody. Matt and Ken are your guys. <laughs> See you later. Take care, folks. <laughs>